Hey guys. Welcome to Howler Pod. A couple quick warnings before we get started here. The first Howler Pod contains adult content. There's going to be cussing, some bloody damn cursing, and we have a very important message in regards to that. Don't be a pixie. The second warning is that this podcast is full of spoilers. All of the spoilers. We're going to spoil the entire Red Rising series. So if you haven't read the books, this is not your podcast. Yeah, get to reading, guys. Yeah, come back after you've read the books. Um, Also, Aaron wants to tell you where you can find us on social media. We are on all your favorite sites, such as Twitter and Instafamily. And (laughs) we're at HowlerPod. H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. One word. Wonderful spelling. Now that you uh now that we've got that out of the way, it's time for Howler Pod. Oh! Oh! I am the Reaper and Death is my shadow. Hello, Howlers, welcome to Howler Pod. I'm the one and the only Ben Reiner, <laughs> host of Howler Pod. I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. This is Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every week we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Woo! Love you, Pierce. Um, Aaron, what are we talking about today? Today, we are almost done with the book. Only one episode after this until the next book, of course. We're never leaving you. <laughs> Podcast for days. <laughs> <laughs> but the chapters today are chapters 32 to 37. Okay. Lots of stuff happens in these six chapters. Yeah, so let's dive right in. Uh, load up this star shell and uh, shoot straight into our chapter summaries hopefully we don't shit our suits that would be bad i'm gonna take the first one chapter 32 antonia that b (laughs) (laughs) so we knew she was a bitch she can't fool us oh man she's the worst so after uh the conquering of house minerva house diana tries to pull a fast one on darrow and take the minerva castle themselves darrow sees it coming he already had several planted on the inside and so Darrow and his allies just wait them out while Severo causes trouble. Eventually, they attack and take back the castle, capturing everyone inside. Uh, after Darrow's leadership has been established in House Mars, Antonia, Vixis, and some of their allies attempt to kill him by luring him out of the castle alone. Uh, they use Leah to get him out of there. Uh, Assholes. Then Darrow uh, hides after he recognizes the trap. And then Antonia attempts to use Leah to draw him out of hiding. But he won't do it. And so she kills her. That's super shitty. She gurgles. She's the worst. Uh, And then Roke is uh, also missing at this time. And Darrow um, goes to find Cassius and Severo. They're out trying to take care of the rest of House Diana. On their way back to Castle Mars... Uh, Darrow intercepts them and is like, holy shit, Antonia fucked everything up and betrayed us. Severo leaves the group to go look for Roke. Don't leave, Severo! Alright. Chapter 33, Apologies. Cassius tells Darrow that Roke is injured and he can't move and that Severo has found him. Guess what? It's a lie. 
Darrow follows him out of the castle and then he realizes it's another trap. So like learn your fucking lesson, Darrow. Cassius knows about Julian because he watched it on the hollow. They end up dueling with ion ion swords in the mud, and Cassius stabs Darrow in the gut. He leaves him to die alone. This takes us to part four, Reaper, and then chapter 34, The North Woods. Um, Darrow wakes up in a cave and finds Mustang is there, and she's been nursing him back to health the whole time. He's been unconscious for four weeks. Cassius is now Primus of House Mars. Everything sucks, except like he gets to hang out with Mustang. Uh, they hang out in the cave for a while while he gains his strength back, and then Mustang gets sick. Darrow has to take care of her. While he's away from the cave one day, two Oathbreakers find the cave and attempt to you know, hurt Mustang in multiple ways. Those two really sucked. Darrow bursts in, saves the day, and then they decide to tie them to some trees at the edge of the woods so they can be found by another house. Darrow then uh, meets with Fitchner while he's walking along in the woods and learns that the game is rigged so that the jackal will win. And then um, he also gets some medicine from Fitchner and saves Mustang's life. She is wasting away at that point. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Chapter 35, Oathbreakers. So Mustang's fever fades with the medicine that Darrow gives her. Um, They draw the Oathbreakers to themselves by lighting fires and stomping around the woods. And after they beat them up, they convince them to join them by erasing their slave marks with Mustang's House Minerva standard. The new army of the Reaper's outcasts lay a trap for House Mars by blocking their bridge with the fallen trees and hiding in the snow all day, belly down, and Mustang and Darrow snuggle the whole time. Mm. And then when the House Mars slaves come to clear the trees, the Reaper's army captures them or beats them up, and they also get Pax back, which is a great scene. Then afterwards, Darrow sneaks into House Mars's castle to carve sling blades all over to make himself like the jackal, like Mm -hmm. a ghost. And then they also light a big sling blade fire on the hillside, which hopefully will draw several back. Yeah. Okay, chapter 36, a second test. Darrow now has plans to take house series. Uh, He and his growing army, they hide outside in the snow out in front of the castle, and then they rush the front gate first thing in the morning, and use a Pax propelled like tree thing. Um, and he launches himself and Mustang and Milia to the top of the castle walls. They uh, fight off some series guards and manage to open the gate. And then Pax comes in and just wastes everybody. And then that night, old Tactus, he attempts to rape somebody. Freaking Tactus. He gets caught by Milia. Darrow now must decide how to punish him. He decides to have Tactus whipped with 20 lashes and then orders that he also be whipped, Darrow be whipped, this time with 25 lashes by Pax, and then states that any evil committed by his army will be shared by him. That's very noble. It was. Chapter 37, South. The Reaper army starts moving to the South because they need to capture House Apollo 
AKA the proctor who didn't let Darrow become Primus, or so he suspects. So on the way there, Proctor Apollo begins sabotaging their army by releasing their horses, by ruining their food, and then finally um, he tries to kill Darrow with a huge bear. Bum, bum, bum. I wonder what happens. Dang. I already know because I kept reading. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like we've read the book. <laughs> Now that we know that happened, what happened in these chapters, we need to talk about the theme that ties them all together. Aaron, what is it? It is trust. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, we think this shows up in, in lots of places in these chapters. There's a loss of trust between Cassius and Darrow. There's a new relationship formed with Mustang and Darrow where they Which gain each other's trust. More than trust is brewing. <laughs> <laughs> These are my favorite chapters. Right. Also, yeah. uh, we see again in a, a little short bit, Severo's ongoing trust for Darrow mm -hmm. as a leader. Mm -hmm. And then also somebody's dad, Fitchner. <laughs> right. He shows his trust in Darrow throughout this by... Finally giving him of, some info. Right. He kind of lets him in on what's actually going on. On the secrets. Yep. And yeah. then uh, we also see when Darrow is, you know, building his new fancy Reaper army. Fancy? They're not fancy. I guess they're more, yeah. They're real. They're rugged. Rugged and they're rough wolves. and tough. That's true. <laughs> okay. Not fancy. He has to earn their trust throughout these chapters right. and uses a lot of different tactics to do that. Um, one being the punishment of Tactus, another being his, you know, he like compliments them and stuff like that. We'll get into it a little bit here. So yeah, let's go through some quotes. Yeah, let's start with, do you want to start with like Darrow and Cassius? Sure. Okay. Obviously, this is a big heartbreaking moment when Cassius finally finds out about Julian and then, uh, you know, stabs Darrow to kill him. This is definitely, you feel torn because obviously Cassius is justified because he did kill his brother, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, but he didn't have a choice. So, right. also, if Darrow had trusted Cassius more, mm -hmm. then he wouldn't have tried to get the hollow back from his boot. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting point on mm -hmm. Cassius's, uh, you when know, his fighting. side of things. Yeah. That was, I was like, yeah, you made a good point there, Cassius. <laughs> you know, right. like, like he got suspicious when he saw Severo sneaking around and he was like, oh, I wonder right. what Darrow's hiding from me. Mm -hmm. So if, if Severo hadn't gone to get it on Darrow's orders, maybe Cassius wouldn't have ever watched right. the hollow. And, you know, Mustang kind of speaks to that later when she's first talking to Darrow and she's like, you obviously have an ulterior motive. Like everybody can see it. Uh, right. Everybody knows what you're you are out there for yourself. And at this moment, because of Darrow's mission and his bigger picture, he knows he can't trust. All right. Well, he sends Severo to get that hollow from Cassius instead of just trusting that Cassius won't, won't watch it. Won't watch it. Yeah. So the quote is it's in chapter uh, chapter 33. Cassius says. I trusted you, Darrow, so I did not need to see what the jackal sent me. But when Severo tried to steal it from me as I slept in the Great Woods, I knew something was the matter. Mm -hmm. Darrow, 
I know. Fucked up. And we also have a good quote in regards to Severo's trust in Darrow in that similar moment because when Darrow asks Severo to steal the cube, mm-hmm. uh, he la- he says, his eyes do not judge, not even now. There are times when I wonder what I did to earn such loyalty than others when I try not to press my luck by looking the gift horse in the mouth. Severo just has that undying, like he will just follow Darrow to the edge of the earth pretty much at this point. Right. Even after um, Severo has felt, I think, kind of slighted when Darrow like, takes Cassius aside. Right. Severo's still like, like what up, Reap? Yep. I'm your main, <laughs> your main knife in the night. Right. And then he just, yeah, kind of runs off to the south or whatever. So let's move on. So now that we've kind of, yeah, established that we have this loss of trust between Darrow and Cassius. Will they ever win it back? I, I wonder. Uh, we have the big falling out there. You know, that hole in Darrow's heart uh, is now filled by... Mustang. There we go. <laughs> this, these are like the squee chapters where you're like, Super. Any good? Yeah. You're falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> so Mustang teaches Darrow about real trust especially from the get-go when she saves his life mm-hmm. and nurses him back to health. Right. And, you know, that's when all the, the small touches come in, like the leg <laughs> under the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so um, also Mustang, I think, is a lot smarter, s- smarter than Darrow in her view of the world because she's seen both sides, I think, and mm-hmm. she's um, kind of, you know, democratic in her thinking. Right. So chapter 34, she says, all that matters is that no one trusts you because it's obvious you care more about your goal than you do about them. Darrow says, and you're something different? Oh, very much so, Sir Reaper. I like people (laughs) more than you do. You are the wolf that howls and bites. I am the Mustang that nuzzles the hand. People know they can work with me. With you? Hell, kill or be killed. Yep, and that's kind of what we were saying earlier with uh, that loss of trust between uh, Darrow and Cassius. After the after that, they you know they come together pretty quickly. I mean, they're obviously hanging out a lot in that cave, but smelling once, hair, right? Kissing well, necks, doing a lot of cuddling, <laughs> right? I thought that was a little creepy that he was just like <laughs> kip, kissing the nape of her neck, but softly so she doesn't wake up. <laughs> like smells her hair. <laughs> Yeah, so once they kind of start enacting their plan, though, to uh, get back on top, you you see that they form a very quick trusting bond between themselves. Um, this is after after they launched their initial attack. They've gathered a small army of Oathbreakers, mm-hmm. and they attack. There's only Housemars, like ten of them, right, or something. And they free some slaves from House Minerva, including Pax. They are, you know, they're new members of Darrow's army, but they're under the seal of Minerva. But they're ta- they'll take orders from Darrow. Right. And it's only because, he says it's, but it's only because Mustang trusts me that they obey. So he, he now understands, after all of these great learning experiences, that the game shifts very suddenly, and he has to realize that, People aren't just blindly following him like he thought before Cassius stabbed him, right. before Antonia killed Leah and all that. Well, he was more, yeah, about power and, you mm-hmm. know, domination. But 
after talking with Mustang, he learns a new way in that he can gain the trust, gain the loyalty, gain the admiration of his soldiers and uh, use them to, you know, uh, achieve his end goal. So then later on, when Mustang and Darrow are discussing strategy with each other, Darrow says, sometimes I wonder why we even bother speaking. She knows my thoughts, even the mad ones. And so they've, they've really only spent a couple of weeks together at this point. I mean, they had four weeks, but he was unconscious. But, you know, they're like, like he said, nothing binds like blood. Right. Well, like he says. Well, it's like we, in- we mentioned in the earlier podcast, they have some just immediate chemistry and immediate right uh crackle between the two of them you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh they have an energy where they have a secret bond Mm -hmm. before they even know each other you know (laughs) so with mustang and darrow they both win the trust of this army Mm -hmm. and it's a trust that isn't um based on uh the fact that darrow is primus it's trust that um, they're all respected, and they've all been given a second chance. Right. So um, they all kind of owe Mustang and Darrow that. Yep. He gives them a chance to earn their place, and you know, it's like he has that rule later on. It's like take a castle for me, and you earn your freedom. And you know, that gives them something to work towards, and then they feel like an actual valued member at that point. And he um, he actually speaks to this in chapter thirty six. He says. Uh, these new soldiers, uh, they want to win, but to follow my orders to understand that I don't think I'm some high and mighty emperor, their proud hearts need to feel valued. So I make sure they know they are. I pay each student a specific compliment, one they remember forever. Yeah, and he also goes on to be like, when I'm tearing their houses to the ground, they'll say, oh, he gave me a compliment. I fucking love that when he's like... (laughs) Like when I destroy their society. Yeah, but they'll be like uh, telling their grandchildren that I knew the Reaper of Mars. He right. told me I did a great job taking Castle Ceres or whatever. Right. <laughs> I still say Ceres, by the way. I don't we, even. I we, don't know how to say it. I think we can fight about it later. I think we've established that we don't know how to pronounce <laughs> anything in the series. <laughs> we need. Uh, we need Pierce to have like a video where he just says hard words, and then we'll know how. Right. And then I think there was just one last thing I wanted to mention in regards to Darrow earning trust, and that's during that the punishment of Tactus. We had talked about that, how he chooses to also have himself whipped, and he sacrifices for Tactus in order to show that he's responsible for his army. He's like, I'm, I, I will take on, he kind of does a Jesus bit where he's like, I'm going to take on all the sins of my, my army here. He says, golds don't do this. Golds don't sacrifice for one another. And I thought that was interesting just because he's going to use that tactic later on to bind golds to him. Right. It's just pretty cool. So, um, Good job, Darrow. Right. And mostly Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biased. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely um, very... I mean, Darrow calls her the smartest person. And I think Pierce says she's the smartest person in the books. I think also it's good that she kind of can read Darrow so well. Mm-hmm. Like when he is stabbed and first wakes up, he says, she knows I'm awake, but lets me pretend otherwise. Right. Like they already have this like jive where like, you right. know, they 
they're on the same wavelength. For sure. She does admit to being wrong about him later on, and that's especially that's why we finally see Darrow learning with this when he's dealing with Tactus as opposed to when he had to deal with Titus. Right. Um and she is actually surprised by that, but it's in a good way, you know, it's like it's what she wanted to see. There's a great line when he is in that he's getting he's about to get whipped and he looks at Mustang and he's she like winks at him and he's like, uh-huh. I can do anything now. <laughs> <laughs> I could soar on wings of eagles. I just thought that was great. I was like giggling to myself when I was reading that part. You're like, could you do anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, just make out with her already. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, now that we know what happens in these chapters and we've discussed the theme, it's time to uh, move on to our Prime 5. What's the Prime 5, Erin? Well, this isn't on the Prime 5. Oh, the Prime 5 is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Boom. So this is like number zero, like before we get into it. Uh, This is like an honorable mention. Honorable mention. We have to bring up again that Darrow talks about his hands again oh yeah and this okay this reread is the first one where i've been like oh my god every single mention still talking about his hands. he's super obsessed so when mustang's talking about the society or the pack and how the fingers have to move together you know Mm -hmm. and then she's like try moving your fingers clockwise and counterclockwise and blah blah and And then he does it and she's like, you ask, because he like ruins the demonstration. Right. <laughs> but and he goes, I'm dexterous. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, enough with the hands. <laughs> That's so weird. Anyways. It's definitely I a motif was, running throughout the book, for sure. I think, yeah, we need to definitely write all those down and count them up or something. Mm-hmm. So back to the real Prime 5, Ben. What is your first one? Yeah, so the first one is we just wanted to give a, a definite shout out to uh, Pax. He has some pretty amazing uh, chapters here. We get he like the original uh, when he's freed. He has like freedom. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> gives Daryl a huge bear hug, and he's just so lovable. He's like Braveheart, right? And then he freedom. pretty much takes like house. Serious? What? How do you? Serious? Serious? <laughs> he takes how serious, like pretty much all himself. He's like wielding a freaking tree and knocking people over. At one point, no, he's, he he grabs a guy yeah. and it's like swinging him around. That's like totally like a uh, one one from Game of Thrones, the giant. He yeah. like he grabs a dude and is like flailing about like that. So they're pretty much the same. Yeah, I I kind of except yeah. Pax talks more, and he doesn't have a beard like that. He's not a giant that much right he Uh, also talks about darrow talks about how he's a surprisingly good storyteller right and pax like goes into detail about how they once thought he was an obsidian and tried to send him (laughs) off to their school um and he talks about like this large lady that he loved (laughs) oh that's awesome yeah yeah pax just has a great he has a great set of chapters here and that makes it all the more sad that we're going to lose Pax <laughs> in our next set of chapters. It's so, like, it's crazy how I, like, don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. And now you keep reminding me, and I'm like, but we like him so much, and he's like... Oh, it's terrible. He's not in it enough. I remember being very upset. 
with that. All right. Well, don't ruin it because I, I still don't even remember. Okay. All right. So uh, another one of our prime five, mm-hmm. which we kind of touched on, was Darrow's solution for Tactus's crimes. Mm-hmm. We thought that Pierce weaved a really complicated web of conflict and then the solution right. was kind of like the only way out of it. So I thought that was a great way to show Darrow's growth. Mm-hmm. And it's also a solution that Mustang didn't give him. Right. He came up with it. It seemed like on the fly. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, that's, it's interesting, the mirroring between those two situations and just how that, how um, Darrow deals with that and uh, the way that Pierce set that up. And you're right. I really like that point that you just made that Mustang doesn't give him the answer here. He figures this one out on his own. And Tactus is a psychopath and has a God complex. And Daryl still wins his trust and respect. I I keep uh, going back and forth on Tactus just because he's crazy. But sometimes I like him. But then I'm like, oh, he tried to rape somebody. (laughs) He also killed his house leader by cutting her saddle. He's pretty shitty. You always like the bad guys. <laughs> I like a complicated personality. And I really like his you, brother, Apple. You let Titus win Primus one week. That <laughs> I was you. let Titus win anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ben is a psychopath. Look out for him. So we also see in this that Darrow, he kind of knows how to work the crowd now. He knows how to win their trust mm-hmm. without... Um, necessarily fully trusting them in return so he's he's learning kind of how to be more political which is important yeah that's a good point because i think you know after he let cassius murder or well kill titus you know at that point he starts feeling the vibe of the crowd and he talks about that he's like i've lost everybody he's like i feel this now and this time he can already feel going out he's like these people are doubting me they're i'm gonna lose them unless I come up with this solution that he comes up with. Right. And so he's just, um, he's definitely learning, which is cool. Good job, Darrow. Yeah, great job, Darrow. You're, you're in school and you're learning. <laughs> Who knew? All right, what's next? Yeah, okay. So this was one I really wanted to talk about. That is the conversations that Darrow and Mustang have prior to them going out and kind of gathering their army up. Uh, I think it's just uh, this is basically where Darrow's entire strategy for taking down the society comes from. It comes from Mustang and her initial ideas about uh, getting people to trust you and follow you that way instead of just by dominating and conquering them. Um, and she really sees the value in in the other members of the house right? instead of thinking that she can do it all on her own. Right. He says, Mustang's strategy is EO's dream, which I thought was just a really cool line. And that goes in and plays on, that echoes throughout the next two books. He also talks about Mustang as the bright-eyed soul who keeps EO's song alive. And so that connection between Mustang, that connection between Mustang and EO is really prevalent here. And it all, this is kind of the seed that starts Darrow's strategy for taking over society or overthrowing society, you know. Right. So that's really cool. I thought is it all comes from Mustang. She's so smart. She really is the best. And pretty. 
that leads us into uh, another one of our prime fives. I think this is four now. Yeah, this is the fourth. Which is the growing love story. Mm, mm-hmm. My favorite. I, okay, I do like the fighting and the space battles, but what keeps me going is the love stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that like we have both. Right. We have both gore and love. Right. We get them all. So I put some quotes in here because there's just some great moments <laughs> that, you know. Pierce does have some really good lines. Where you like, you like tense your fist and you're like, ah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Here's one. Darrow says, her eyes linger on mine and her fingers trace along my palm as she explains. I know she wants me to react to her touch, but I force my mind to be lost on other things. <laughs> Ooh, sexual tension. Lots. Another one. I don't push Mustang away. There's pain when I hold her, but it comes from the past, not from Mustang. She is something new, something hopeful, like spring to my deep winter. (laughs) (laughs) I read that one. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Deep winter. That's like a new cologne. (laughs) Like the smell of must. (laughs) And like old wolf clothes. That's awesome. (laughs) Deep winter by Pierce Brown. (laughs) All right. Last quote, I promise. And, you know. These are just great little gems in a cold, cold winter, okay? Yep. This keeps Daryl going. Mm -hmm. He says, when she sleeps curled into me, I kiss the nape of her neck softly, softly so that she will not wake, though I secretly wish she would if just to know that I'm here. Wow. Wow, Daryl. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little creepy. Also sweet. Yeah. Also possessive. Yeah. And, And to add to this, like, you were talking, these are the more romantic, you know. Uh-huh. Deep, this is before they winter, get kind of lighthearted. to deep winter. There's also some very just A-plus flirting going Let's on between em. the two of this one. And I just want to, this is one of many of these. Daryl says, tactics win battles, strategies win wars. And then Mustang responds, ooh, I am Reaper, god of wolves, king of strategy. Mustang pinches my cheek. You are just too adorable. <laughs> and then he swats her hand away, right? Yeah. And then Milia gives them an eye roll. <laughs> so now they're like openly flirting. Right. I think Tactus even mentioned something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. About them. Too bad it's like two books away until they actually hook up. Right. Or is it? It's in Morningstar, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. No, it no. would have to be in Golden Sun. Oh, because yeah. then... He takes her home yeah. to beat the bear. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, great. Yeah. One more prime five. Oh, yeah. What so is yeah. It? last one on the prime five is uh, this is just about the the Fitchner and Darrow conversation. Uh, we just thought it was a funny interaction. Uh, Darrow and Fitchner always have these like real smart ass back and forth when they talk. Like when Fitchner shows up, Darrow knows he's got to pull shield on and just shoots him with an arrow anyway, just to <laughs> see what's going on. No, he's like, I'm a proctor. You wouldn't dare. And then Darrow just like shoots him. Yeah. And then he yawns. Yep, I would. Uh, and then, yeah, Fitchner tells, you know, this is where Fitchner tells Darrow that the game's rigged for the Jackal. And Darrow gets kind of pissed. And he's like, he starts trying to figure out how he's going to circumvent these these proctors. and. He learns that Apollo and Jupiter are out to get him and then learns that if he 
destroys their houses. Then they have to leave Mount Olympus. And uh, at that time, Fitchner says, you're mad as a red, which I thought was just a interesting, like, I wonder if he is, obviously he knows Daryl's a red at that point, right? I mean. Well, he like funded the whole carving, right? Right. And so. In the rescue mission. Is he saying that just as kind of like, you know, a normal well, I think it's thing a that people, yeah. Okay. That's what it has to be, right? But also, it is fun to read this as knowing Fitchner is Ares and Severo's dad. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. You kind of feel more pity. Right. And understanding for Fitchner for being a shitty proctor because he's, like, also waging a war on the <laughs> yeah. whole society. Right. Well, it's just kind of it's just interesting. If it is, like, just a saying or whatever, then, it you know, it's playing two ways in this situation, which is kind of cool. And, and then he also gives Darrow the gift and says your friends are with you with the right. mantis blossom right yeah he pegasus. gives him the pegasus necklace back as well at this time so and that's why he said your friends are are still here and mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty cool as well and i'm wondering if that's just you know i just want to know if that's i wonder if fitchner if he's just giving it to him like he yeah kept that's kind of what i'm thinking i mean he had to because that he lost it all right before the passage yeah they like ripped it off right the right. obsidians did or whatever so there'd be no way for like dancer to get it so it's all fixed. so he's just kind of playing him in that moment uh-huh yeah so it's that so was just nice. a, yeah he's that like was... his dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a drunk uncle he is kind of, yeah i would say more drunk uncle for sure yeah uh gum chewing drunk uncle popping bubbles yep um okay so yeah that's the prime five for this week it is now that we uh, know what happened, we've talked about the themes, we've got our Prime 5 out of the way, it's time to name our Primus of the Week. I'm going to let Erin uh, say this one because I know she's super excited about it's it. It's Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> before, before we even plan this, I'm like, Mustang's Primus. I don't care what you say. I agree with you. And she so should definitely Mustang, be Primus of the Week this she week. She keeping Reaper alive. Mm-hmm. She nursed him back to health. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also super smart. And really, Darrow is shaped by her so much in these chapters. True. Very true. She does some badass fighting along the wall up there on, on the castle. Also, like we had talked about, literally gives him the strategy that he uses to take down society. Right. I mean... <laughs> Thanks, Mustang. Yeah, so I think that she's definitely the winner of the week this week, or the primus of the week this week. Uh, that's a pretty easy decision. She's also, um, what's it called? Merciful. Because those two guys right. that are being creeps and tie her up, she like tells Darrow not to kill them still. Right, well, I think just, just I'd like... I'd be like, I will murder you. <laughs> right. Your point that Mustang is shaping Darrow uh, in these chapters and then continues to shape Darrow throughout the series is uh-huh. huge. Like he is not anywhere with, he doesn't get anywhere with, without Mustang. Right. He's just kind of an angry raging mess. Right. Cool. Good job, Mustang. Yeah. Congrats, Mustang. We don't need to talk about much more like how much bad, how badass she is. Cause we kind of talked about her a lot this episode. Right. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about her a lot more. I bet she'll win again. Maybe (laughs) like when she becomes Octavia. (laughs) Probably before that too. Yeah. Definitely when she's like running or walking down that hallway 
Oh yeah, with, with the blood all like over. Blood. I love that image. <laughs> so awesome. I wish I could draw because I would definitely draw that. Somebody yeah. should draw that. Yeah. Hey, tag us or like send it to us. <laughs> yeah, just That's probably my us. favorite mental image of Mustang. If there's a howler out there that would like to draw that and send it, we will definitely post that all over our howler pod accounts. Oh. And I'll hang it on my wall. <laughs> All right. So now we're done with those chapters, Ben. Uh, before we end the episode, do you want to tell us what you're into this week? Yeah, it's time for what are we into this week. Uh, this week, I watched a movie on Netflix. We're back to Netflix. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you think we have lives? No, we don't. All we do we is just, watch Netflix we work and podcast. And we watch Netflix. <laughs> And read Pierce Brown. That's it. <laughs> Sounds like a great life. We need a shirt, like Eat, Sleep, Repeat, except <laughs> yeah. just Pierce Brown, Netflix, Repeat. Howler Pod. Yeah, so I watched a movie on Netflix this time, not a TV show. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's by the Coen Brothers, and it has inspired me to just watch all of the past Coen Brothers movies because I love them as filmmakers. What are um, some examples? I checked out this week. I've watched The Big Lebowski, Miller's Crossing, Inside Lou and Davis. They have an incredible group of films that they've made in the past, and you can just visit any of them. I, I would uh, check out them all. So I have nice. uh, have made it a goal by the end of the year to watch every single one of their movies over again. Do you know how many they've made? Like 17 or something like 16, okay. 17 up there. Well, I have to say, I also watched Buster... Buster Scruggs, mm-hmm. and I loved it. It warning, it is very gory and like lots of. It's kind of like um, Quentin Tarantino blood, where it's just like right. almost so gory that it's like comical. Yeah, they <laughs> get like, it obviously that's not real. The the first one is definitely absurd in its uh-huh. violence, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's a great. That film is awesome, and then they just have a great group of films that they've made. And I would recommend checking them out because they're awesome. And they're my favorite filmmakers. All right. So mine isn't um, very (laughs) artistic. (laughs) Um, But if you know what Jimmy John's is, I've been really into their new ranch dressing. This is amazing. It's not that new. I like just never tried it. But it's called the Kickin' Ranch. And I had it today, and I can't stop thinking about it. So that's what I'm into this week. Aaron loves ranch dressing, just as an FYI to everyone out there. Yeah, I, I would eat anything. <laughs> I would add ranch to it, basically. Anything. She would eat a shoe with ranch dressing on oh, it. Oh, I'd definitely lick it off. <laughs> so, Kickin' Ranch, if you haven't Is tried it. Is it kind of like spicy or something? What's the kicking part? It's jalapeno. Ooh, yeah. wow. And to me, I'm a wimp. To me, it was very spicy, but okay. I still liked it. That sounds pretty good, though. You haven't tried it? No. Oh, man. <laughs> going to recruit a new believer. <laughs> okay. All right, Ben. What are we going to do next week? Uh, the last week for Red Rising Book 1. Yeah, we're going to finish this freaking book. Chapter 38 to the end. Just read all the way to the end. But don't keep reading because that'll be the next, next one. Right. We are going to move on to Golden Sun uh, eventually. Well, right after this podcast. Right after. but We are going to move on to Golden <laughs> Sun. But today, just read chapter 38 to the very end of the book. All right. Don't forget to follow us at HowlerPod. That's at symbol H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. All one word. Yeah. And uh, thanks, Howlers. Omnis Vir Lupus. Ow! Ow!